it's kind of the best of times and the worst of times in marketing management. Identity is changing, as we know, in the age of privacy. And of course, that's changing everything about marketing, including targeting, attribution, optimization. The IDFA is out. GAID is on the way out and third-party cookies, as every web marketer knows, are a very endangered species. So times are tough? Well, sure, in a way. But in a very real other sense, it's kind of the age of measurement technology. From Apple, we have Scan. From Google, Privacy Sandbox. For web and Android, there's blockchain solutions from companies like Brave. The IAB has Project Rearc to re-architect marketing and targeting measurement. There's ID5. There's Unified ID 2.0 from the Trade Desk. And of course, a solution from Facebook. It's called IPA. It's not the kind you can drink. Instead, it's interoperable private attribution. And today, we're going to chat about what that is, how it works, whether it matters, and why you should care, if you should, with Singular CTO, Aron Friedman. Welcome, Aron. Thank you, John. Great to be here. Hey, everybody must have their own marketing measurement and attribution platform, apparently. Uh, how does Facebook's work? Right. So, uh, yeah, Facebook's uh, IPA proposal uh, is uh, another framework, basically, similar to kind of the SK network and privacy sandbox and everything, just by Facebook's uh, option that focuses essentially on measuring advertising conversions without tracking users, right, to be kind of privacy safe or still giving you marketing measurement, essentially. So there's some similarities here, right? I mean, there's match keys, there's event generation, sources and triggers. Walk us through kind of how it works. The IPA proposal is based on three general uh, concepts, I would say. So the first really is the match keys, uh, which is uh, kind of a, a key to coordinate between uh, the publisher data and the advertiser data, essentially. Something that has to be built in the operating system or the browser. Uh, so that if a user does an action that clicks an ad in one app and then kind of triggers a conversion in the advertiser app, then there would be a matching key to kind of connect the dots, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. kind of one important concept. Then the other piece is the events, uh, as you mentioned. And have like, they have two types in the IPA. They have the source events, which happen in the publisher, things like an impression, a click, things that the user does in the publisher. And then they have trigger events, which happen in the advertiser app. And those are similar to the conversion values in the scan network or the triggered events in the privacy sandbox. Basically any you know, purchase, registration, anything kind of important that the user does in the advertiser, those are trigger events. And the idea is that if a source event happened and then the trigger event happened in the advertiser app, then the match keys would kind of connect dots and send the post back, an encrypted post back with that information to partners. Now, the last piece that really ties everything together is what they call the aggregate attribution. And that's really, really interesting. They define the concept of like the trusted servers, essentially, uh, which is kind of unbiased third-party services that receive these encrypted posts back with match keys and trigger events. Uh, and these are the ones who are able to decrypt that information and then provide very granular data to both ad networks and advertisers with kind of how many conversions came from their sources and basically power attribution uh, based on these encrypted postbacks. Yeah, so that's maybe in a nutshell. <laughs> that's a great nutshell. I love that nutshell. And there's 
multiple similarities here with Privacy Sandbox, right? Because we have this trusted server you just mentioned. It's kind of like the aggregation service in Privacy Sandbox. There's multi-party computation going on here. But there's a couple differences too, right? Facebook wants two sets of trusted servers. Yeah, that's really an interesting uh, uh, kind of idea that came up from them. So uh, yeah, Google, like you said, have a very similar concept of these uh, aggregation services in the privacy sandbox version of the third party kind of getting those encrypted values and providing uh, uh, kind of the data on top of it. And Facebook basically said in the API that that has an inherent problem in which the trusted service suddenly has access to basically very granular uh, device level data. Um, so they basically say that there is a problem if, in the case of like a bad actor trusted service in which they might be not so trusted and do something bad with it. So they propose the, uh, the idea of like, maybe we should call them semi-trusted services. And you actually need to send those encrypted postbacks to version of these to two different trusted services and they kind of they use a kind of a, an interesting methodology based kind of on a, um, a multi-party computation and basically encrypt that same information twice, basically doubling the, the encryption, uh, so that whenever you uh, one of the trusted servers can decrypt it, but you have to decrypt it twice to kind of get the full information. So the advertisers and the networks would be able to still and to get answers in the queries. The trusted services will have some information on their data but they won't be able to get the full visibility to the granular data. And just like one of the interesting kind of additions that Facebook proposes in this whole concept. It's interesting. They're trusted, but they're not trusted. They're semi-trusted, as yeah. you said. They're partially trusted yeah. <laughs> together, yep. maybe exactly. everything comes yeah. together. Now, you said something right off the top that was super interesting because you said it's embedded right in the operating system or in the browser. So it's not just Facebook here. Mozilla is part of this as well. Why is that important? Well, it's important because Facebook doesn't have... Uh, browser on our operating system to really uh you know implement it so they have to have partners to actually work with on this and mozilla actually have a browser right they have kind of firefox not necessarily that you know the most common kind of uh, uh browser out there i think they have probably i think uh, roughly less than five percent market share maybe kind of in the traffic uh but they basically committed to support ipa which was kind of interesting and it means that in the future, we should probably see Firefox suddenly supporting IPA for marketing measurements. Um, so yeah, that was kind of a definitely an important piece of the IPA initiative at this point. Which is interesting. There's no doubt about it, but it obviously begs two very massive questions. <laughs> and that would be, hmm, there's Android. There's maybe more than two. <laughs> there's iOS. <laughs> there's yep. Safari, both mobile and desktop. And there, of yep. course, is Chrome. There's Edge. There's a variety of different mm, environments here that Facebook does not control. So I'm guessing, A, they need to get them on board if they want this to fly. And I'm wondering, what is the likelihood of that? Yeah, you're asking exactly the right question, right? That's going to be the big challenge for IPA uh, to get uh, uh, the, kind of the platforms on board. And that is a challenge. That's kind of the tricky part around this. The good, I guess the advantage would be that if they succeed, then it suddenly becomes this cross-platform, you know, measurement solution that everyone supports. But for that to happen, like think about it, it means that 
Apple would need to ditch SK network, which is basically a lot of like the technology that they've built to try to solve uh, some of these things. And Google will have to ditch the privacy sandbox and kind of support that. So on the likelihood, I would say it's probably a very tough battle. Um, but yeah, it's still a, a def definitely interesting solution. And I think it would be good for the industry if it would be more widely adopted. We'll see if uh, it's uh, actually being successful. Well, that is, I mean, look, it's almost like we need somebody to say, hey, Facebook, hey, Google, hey, Apple, hey, Amazon, hey, a bunch of other people and stakeholders in the market, including some trusted third-party services, who could that be, to come together and say, look, everybody's trying to solve the same problem here. We want marketers to be able to measure. We want attribution. We want people to be able to know when they spend money on advertising and marketing, what they get for it. Let's figure out some layer over top of all this stuff that everybody can implement. Of course, everybody wants to own it. Everybody wants it to be just slightly aligned to what they do and what works for them. Uh, so we'll have to wait for that, but maybe the United Nations of marketing measurement will someday come to pass and we'll have something like that. Meanwhile, we have this era of multiple competing measurement methodologies. Can you kind of, is, are, is there anything good about that? I mean, can you characterize these? Are there significant, maybe conceptual philosophical differences between these major measurement methodologies? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, <clears throat> I think in a way, if you try to look, zoom out a bit, uh, I think SK Network is an example. It's kind of like the MVP of like this measurement technology. It's like the first uh, option that kind of came up. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Like, it has a lot of uh, you know, kind of loophole or areas of limitations or like challenging areas. And then Google, uh, when they announced their thing, they had so many interesting developments and capabilities that it seems like they learned a lot from kind of the first initial version and kind of write their own thing. Then kind of Facebook comes with their own provision that's more like cross-platform and kind of all of that. And the, I think the good thing about that is, again, that it kind of challenges the industry to learn from each other and try to come up with the next version, which is better than the rest which I always think is a good thing. It drives innovation. It drives, you know, competition on things, even like that. And that would be maybe the good part. Obviously, the bad thing is that it's extremely complicated to figure out all the nuances and details of each one of these frameworks. Uh, you can easily get your mind blown uh, over all these. So even if you got scan covered and just got announced like Sandbox, now you need to think about like IPA, what's the implication of suddenly if other browsers uh, implement it. So it's just a lot to handle and definitely uh, um, that's uh, a challenge. Um, but you know, uh, always interesting in the industry, that's for sure. There is never a dull moment in mobile, yep. in marketing, in measurement. Uh, I just have to mention that MVP there is not most valuable player. <laughs> it is minimal <laughs> viable product. <laughs> so right. yes. There's a little difference there. <laughs> As we have this complex era uh, with lots going on, where does an MMP sit here? What's Singular's role? What's Singular's job? Right. So, you know, we always saw ourselves as kind of the ones who have the role to uh, navigate the, the advertisers and the industry throughout, like working through all these changes, through these developments, through these frameworks. 
Where are CDs is kind of the basic APIs to work with, but you need to work with that and build something that's usable, right? Our goal is always to see what we have to work with and build the tools and the reporting capabilities, the management capabilities, so that whenever someone wants to use a tool among the vast uh, tool sets that they have, it's seamless for them to try something out, see if it's insightful for them, see if it's relevant for them to use. So our goal is to provide the best tool set there is for kind of measuring their marketing. And we're going to make everything available to the marketers to optimize and work with uh, to scale their performance, basically. Which, if you think about it, kind of makes Singular that layer over top of all those individual types of marketing, kind of the United Nations of measurement. In a sense, you can say that the MFPs, and I think it's interesting because also Google and, and Facebook essentially you know, created, define it in a very official way of those trusted services that get that information. Eventually, they need to provide these services, like those outputs, and manage all these details to make sure that advertisers, ad networks, everyone can actually make sense of it. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, a nice way to look at things. Well, Aron, uh, thank you again for joining us because you help us make sense of all these different things. Much appreciated. Of course, yeah, like always. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me.